Welcome, everybody. It is Denise Salcedo, and it is time to chat about the best in women's wrestling for 2023. Now, I am super stoked because this was an awesome year for professional wrestling, period. But specifically, we had a phenomenal year for the women as well. A lot of matches, a lot of great competitors, you guys name it. But let me tell you, before we break everything down, I am very excited to introduce to you my girl gang that is here to break down their favorite matches of the year, as well as their favorite women's wrestlers of 2023. So let's go ahead and start bringing people in. Let's kick things off with Fightful Wrestling's very own Kate Hensler. Hey, Kate. Hi, Denise. How are you? I'm doing good. It's so nice to see you again. And uh, thank you for being on time today because I was late today. No, you are. Listen, you were just like, it's the holidays. I'm entering this season fashionably late. We're going to look great. You've got this cool lipstick on. We were talking about you look wonderful. We are here. We're going to talk about some awesome women's wrestling in 2023. And I'm so excited to get to do this because what a year it's been. Yes, seriously. It's been a phenomenal year. I can't wait to hear what your picks are. Uh, let's go ahead and bring in the rest of the group. Let's kick things off or not kick things off because we kick things off with, with Kate. But let's go ahead and bring in Alex Lajas, Queen of the Ring. What's up, Alex? Hello, everybody. I'm so excited. It has been a fantastic year of professional wrestling. I'm excited that we got this podcast together and we're going to rank it. Uh, and we all had a fantastic holiday and we all look so good. So yes, <laughs> good vibes, good energy, but the group is not complete without Veda Scott. Hey Veda. So like, I knew I was next. I knew there was only one person <laughs> left, but yet I still am sucking down coffee. Like I knew there's only me. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Vader, it's nice to see you. Uh, I, I, I feel like you just brought this, like the coffee is really working. So like when you came in, I'm like, damn, she kicked up my energy to like a 10. <laughs> Let's go. Is it Wawa coffee? So uh, no, it's Wegmans coffee, which is like at the intersection of all things East Coast. Uh, there's mm. Wegmans coffee in here in a Wawa tumbler, but I probably will have an actual Wawa coffee in like an hour or two. So just wait. <laughs> I have no idea what you guys are talking about. As for coffee, I only know Starbucks, maybe coffee bean. Don't ever go there. I only go to Starbucks and that's about it. And drink Nescafe at home. Wawa is an East Coast uh convenience store but like it's like on another level yes kind of yeah and then <laughs> fancy am pm is that what you're telling me it's it's like an am pm but like with more they they like make food and stuff there but it's 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 an institution it's a philly thing yeah i was gonna say i don't think i would love the coffee from the am pm i don't mean no this is actually good AM, PM, but <laughs> no this is actually good I love it. We should just start ranking coffee and where to get coffee. Kate, I'm ready. Go to coffee uh, place. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my gosh. See, I not to not to be a snob about it, but we have some really good local coffee where I'm at. So there's a a place that, especially like uh, when I'm working on stuff and just need to get out of my apartment, my dog's being insane or whatever. I will go there. It became like my second office for <laughs> for so long. But if we're going chain coffee, I got to say, like, for the actual coffee, I'm a Dunkin' gal. For specialty drinks, I'm a Starbucks gal. 
Oh, I get you. You know what's yeah. also good? McDonald's coffee. I like McDonald's coffee. Sneaky too. good. Canadians, good. Canadians will tell you that McDonald's has the best coffee. Get that instead of Tim Hortons. That's what a lot of Canadians will tell you, even though I love Tim Hortons. But I'm saying wow. they're, wow. they're big on McDonald's coffee. Okay, it's some interesting stuff. Yeah, I'm bouge. I go to Starbucks <laughs> all the See, time. I so for Christmas I got an espresso machine, and Ooh. so I just get the Nespresso pods, and I have like the milk frother. And now I have like the lavender and the rose syrup. So I'm an extra coffee snob, Fancy. unfortunately. Fancy. See, that sounds complicated, Alex. I would look. My husband's been asking me to get a coffee machine, and I keep telling him. No, it's not going to happen. I stick to my little teapot. I literally yeah. have a teapot where I boil That's water <laughs> and I cute. pour my little water. <laughs> I cannot do a coffee machine. I'm like afraid of the machine. But these are easy. You just stick the pods in. It's just a little pod. No. You stick it in. You press a button. Alex, just, no. It does it all it for no. you. It does it all for no. you. Last all time you I have to do is the water. I used one at a hotel one time. That shit started burning. The coffee beans, I don't think I did it right, but there was like a mini like smoke coming out and the the, 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 the the it wouldn't stop pouring. So it was overflowing and I couldn't figure it out. I disconnected it. It still kept flowing. It was a nightmare. Okay, so yeah, that's that's not that, that's not <laughs> what it's supposed to do. Exactly, it's like it's I've got my not. stars and my app. I'm gonna get my rewards. I'm going to Starbucks all the time. I respect it. I respect the game of, you know what? You do it for me. I'm gonna let the the experts do what they're good at, right? Exactly. <laughs> let them do what they're good at. But we're not here to talk about coffee. We're here to talk about women's wrestling. If you're here in the chat, we want to know what your favorite matches of the year were. So please do not be shy. And you can also send us who you think were your top favorite women's wrestlers of the year. We want to make sure to give an opportunity to actually show uh, really bring a light to what these women have been doing throughout the year, no matter what promotion it is that you watch or what you're a fan of. We want to make sure that we highlight those people. So I want to kick it off with our top three favorite matches. And the way that we're going to go about it today is I'm going to point at you and you take it and you run down your three favorite matches um, from three to number one. And then we'll do popcorn style like we did last time. And you'll pick whoever goes next. So here we go. I'm going to kick things off with Alex. Alex, what were your top three favorite matches of 2023 and why? I'm here okay. to delete ones off my list. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to have the same. I know Veda and I, we're definitely always going to have the same. Uh, so I'm going to start off with Trish Stratus versus Becky Lynch, a steel cage match at WWE uh, Payback. Uh, because I didn't have much to expect going into this match, especially with the criticism that was surrounded with this, how it should have been at SummerSlam, da 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 da. I thought that this match was actually perfect for Payback. Uh, and it was a fantastic opener match for Payback as well. Uh, it was a perfect way to start off the show. And Trish and Becky had fantastic chemistry in the ring. Uh, and this was a great way to close a chapter for their feud as well. I would argue that this is probably Becky's best match in 2023. And this is one of Trish's best matches in her whole entire career. Uh, and I love the way that this match like switched gears when they were trying to escape and the intensity of the match just escalated. And it was fantastic. Of course, I love the tributes to Victoria and Lita in this match. Tens across the board. Absolutely loved it. Uh, the second match that I will bring up 
is Micah versus Himika at All Star Grand Queendom. Uh, I think Veda is deleting something off of her. I have <laughs> a very, I have a long list. I have okay, a long good, list. Okay, good, 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 good. Uh, but this is one of the best retirement matches in possibly the last decade because Himika and Micah are tag partners. They're part of the faction Donna Del Mundo. So they are real life best friends. They have won the Artists of Stardom Championships together, the Goddess of Stardom Championships together. Uh, and in 2022, they had like a showstopper match at the Five Star Grand Prix. Um, and Going into this match, you know, Himika's retiring, I believe, at 24. It's, you know, very early in terms of the wrestling world, but kind of an appropriate time for Joshi World. You know, they're training super early there. Um, but this match was emotional, and it was a banger. And with this match, like, both of these women are powerhouses, an absolute powerhouse performance in this. At one point, uh, Micah tells Himika to kick out because she wanted to keep wrestling Micah. And, uh, or she wanted to keep wrestling Himika, sorry. And she didn't want this moment to end. There was so much emotion going into this. Uh, even uh, Mina Shirakawa announcing Himika into the match. And she was the one to announce Himika for her debut. It was just an overall, like, tearjerker performance from the both of them. And even in the finish of the match, right before Micah headbutts Himika, she says, Himika, I love you, which is like, oh, my God. Listen, if you love the Shawn Michaels, I love you moment that happened at WrestleMania with Ric Flair, this one is really going to, like, tear you up. And it was the better one, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, Micah just couldn't accept that she wasn't going to wrestle Himika for the first time, uh, or for the last time, she wasn't going to wrestle her anymore in the ring. So yeah, again, best friends, just putting it all out there, putting out an extraordinary performance, very emotional, tears across the board. I cried and I still kind of tear up when I think about that match too. So yeah, that's a really good match to look to. And uh, the last one, I am going to put out is uh, Mercedes Monet versus Kyrie at uh, Battle in the Valley in New Japan. The fact that this was the first match that was announced and it sold out uh, in like minutes. Absolutely phenomenal. I think that this was the best display for Mercedes entering this world uh, in Japan even having her tribute to Hanakamura going into it. So she, you already know that she did her homework for in within the Joshi world. Uh, Kyrie starting off the year as IWGP champion, going into this match, already having a great return in stardom, returning home to stardom. So overall, this performance was at a different level than what we were expecting from what we've seen from them back in WWE. Uh, and this this match absolutely stole the show for, for that event. And I am definitely going to always look back at that, this match, and just think, like, it is so worth it for an individual, for a wrestler, for a talent to um, bank on your wealth and know your value. And I think that is the case for Mercedes and Kyrie as well. And they definitely showed it with this match. And those are my top three.
I love it. So when it comes to Mercedes, I think even just with that match, she definitely proved that if she comes to your promotion, she is going to bring the business, man. Straight up, she's been proving her worth. And that was just one sample of that. Unfortunately, you know, due to injury, she wasn't able to continue uh, to show that. But once she's done, she's going to continue to prove her worth when it comes to uh, really impacting any business or promotion that she aligns herself with. And I'm so glad that you mentioned um uh, the Trish Stratus Becky Lynch match because I almost feel like there was sort of this theme with some of the matches, especially for WWE, where, like you said, maybe the feud wasn't that great. There were some people that criticized it. Maybe this match should have been at SummerSlam. The point is that they went out there with a chip on their shoulder and something mm -hmm. to prove and really showed that. And I think that that's kind of uh, something that we did see a little bit of in WWE. Yeah, for sure. And I think with payback, it goes to show that like, you know, sure, we would love a feud like that or a match like that between those these two individuals to be in a larger uh, PLE like SummerSlam. But I think it goes to prove that if that match probably was on that show, it would have been a little overshadowed compared to a lot of fantastic moments that did happen on that show uh, on SummerSlam. So it was a great way to just kind of be like, listen, just let us cook and put it on a payback and open up the show. But um, yeah, out of those three, please go see Himika versus Micah. That match just, I can't get over how emotional that match is. It's fantastic. They both look so beautiful too. And yeah, <laughs> that's I'm really, important. Yeah, they both look so beautiful, honestly. And honestly, the gear this year, absolutely outstanding. All across the board from the women. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Anyway. Thank you for bringing that up. That should have been a category, man. Like best gear. You know what? We'll do that. We'll do that at the end. All right. Yeah. Someone remind me. I'll give you guys this time to think about it. But Alex, who's next? With uh, my best. Other, so either Kate, me, or Veda to run our. Oh, history. yeah. Uh, you. Ah, oh, shit. I knew it. I knew it. Y'all trying to swerve the host here. All right. So mine is really easy. I went uh, probably a different direction than you, Alex. But for me, uh, top three, number three was specifically because of the moment and how I felt. And also because I feel like this brand kind of got a lot of shit at the top of the year, but really kind of started to turn things around and really put a lot of shine on their women's division. So I'm going over to the NXT side of things, and it was the Lyra Valkyra-Becky Lynch match. And the reason I'm putting this on here is because we were talking about making the business moves. Becky Lynch did a whole lot in that short period of time that she was in NXT. And when she put over... Lyra Valkyra in this match, this to me just meant a whole lot because she really made Lyra into a star on NXT and forever moving forward in her journey with WWE, you're always going to have this moment. But for me, uh, I know I talked about it when we were recapping it, our top matches for that month, but I feel like this one has to be moving forward for me. Best match primarily because of the emotion that I felt when Lyra won. Second is going to go over to the women's war games match because that was so freaking cool. Uh, all of the spots with EO, with uh, Charlotte doing the moonsault off the top of the cage, uh, just the way that they like told this story with uh, damage control, even the lead up, even the follow-up coming off of that, the way that Bailey lost this match, uh, 
all of that to me really played a huge role into making it at my number two. And also that ending image with all of the girls at the top with Shotzi and Becky and all of them, Bianca doing this, um, moment where they're at the top of the cage and they're all posing with Charlotte and everything. And it just looked really freaking cool. Like put it on a poster. I want that poster. And my number one, I was mentioning people going out there with possibly a chip on their shoulder, a match that a lot of people thought should have been a main event opportunity or whatever, but it wasn't. Y'all know where I'm going with this. WrestleMania 39, Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. They went out there knowing full well they did not get that main event spot, but they made damn sure that people were going to be talking about them following this match. I got to watch this match probably like seventh or eighth row. I had never been that close in my entire life at a WrestleMania. And to get to see them perform in this huge freaking venue with like a sea of people at the caliber that they did, it was a freaking win, man, for women. So for me, Charlotte and Rhea Ripley take the number one spot. Yeah. I would agree with that one. Yeah. Kate, I think you're ready to go. You <laughs> we're going to get be done with her list uh, by the time she gets to her. But Kate, what are your three top picks? There's one I'm leaving open because I think it's going to be one of Veda's. So I'll... If but she... I don't know. I have, a, I have a very long list that I'm checking off. Also, you've called so many good matches this so, year, and, too. Yeah, and I like... I, tr- I Most of the stuff on my list, I either haven't called or like wish i called um but yeah so go ahead kate let's see (laughs) all right i'm gonna leave that one in reserve and if you don't mention it i'll bring it up as an honorable mention at the end (laughs) we'll do it that way we'll do it that way um i'm actually gonna bring up the four pack that we got to see at multiverse this year uh between momo and uh giselle shaw and julia and diana and I really loved the match. There were some really incredible moments between Julia and Deanna specifically that I think is leaving the door open for a one-on-one match that could really blow some things out of the water. But part of the reason I bring that up is, one, I feel like Impact's legacy to women's wrestling, I couldn't not have them on the list. And two, I just love the diversity of like who we got to see in that match and the breakout stars that they are and the levels that they're at. And I, I just thought it did a lot for Giselle Shaw. I thought it did a lot for um, introducing Julia to a mostly American crowd. And I, I think Deanna's just one of the best in the world. And of course, Momo being in there. So um, I love the talent that got included in that. And I'm so happy that that match happened because that was the first I got to see Julia live as well. Um, I got to see Alex at that event too, which ruled. That's um, true. <laughs> but it was, it was a really special match, not only for what happened in the ring, but as far as um, I think what it did to the talent that it was profiling. It was it was very cool to see that unfold and what Deanna's done in her time and impact. We'll see where she ends up getting to see everybody in that I thought was awesome. And I think it was off the radar a little bit. So I, I hope people take time to check it out. Cause I, I really do think it was a great match. My number two match. I can't believe you stole my, my number one in the number one slot too, because 
that was initially like my only WWE match too. So it, you it can still use heart. it. You can still use no, it. Repeats like, are allowed. Repeats are allowed. I want everyone just to know it was on my list initially, but I, I like when we get to mix up more matches, like it's an opportunity yeah. to include more. So I'm actually going to go with Mercedes Monet versus Stephanie Vecure for um, the fact that I, I think that one was off the radar of a lot of people too. It happened at battle of the Valley. I think a lot of people talked to and rightfully so about that Willow and Mercedes match. Obviously she got injured, but the match being incredible up till that point, I was not familiar with Stephanie Vecchier at that point and getting to discover talent through a match with a marquee name, I think is some of the most rewarding stuff that you get to see as a fan. Uh, and I've followed Steph since, and I, I really, really appreciate the way she goes about things in the ring. I think she's incredibly interesting in her approach from a presentation standpoint not like in a way that she's she's like extra weird or anything but i i think there's a person like her has been missing from the wrestling scene and i expect really big things of her in 2024 and i also thought it was one of mercedes best matches in her her short time back i i really think that tournament match was one of the best that we got to see out of mercedes so would encourage you to check that one out if that was not on your radar and for my number one this should be a surprise to nobody, but Athena and Willow tearing it down in ROH. <laughs> My God, that match was a blast. I thought it was, they met a few times and I, I really feel like that was like a perfect summation to the few that they've had kind of back and forth. That was peak Athena and peak Willow. Nobody who's a more pure baby face than Willow Nightingale. Nobody who's a more vicious and badass heel than Athena, the two of them just going out there and showing you what women's wrestling is all about and main eventing an ROH pay-per-view for the first time in ROH history. Really, really incredible stuff. So would encourage you to check out all three of those matches, but just know, all right, I consider the war games match <laughs> and Rhea and Charlotte to me, um, a match of the year contender, man or woman like that. That match was maybe my favorite match of all of WrestleMania. I absolutely adored that match. And um, I'll just put an exclamation point on Denise already pointing that out because I think you're right. I think they did go out there with something to prove. I think it was something that Rhea Ripley really needed at that point because I think she was great, but there was not a direction for her. And so for her to get that win in that spot against who she got it against, I mean, wrestling perfection right there. So there's kind of a bit that I want to add to this. So when you mentioned uh, your third match, that four-way, how that match opened up a lot of people's eyes to Julia in terms of like a new American audience. With your second match, it was the same thing for Stephanie Vaquer because getting mm -hmm. to see her, uh, for me, like getting to see her, I was there at the show and she did such a phenomenal job. And when we spoke, she had mentioned, because she grew up being like, you know, watching Japanese wrestling. She grew up looking, to, uh, looking up to a lot of these people. So for her, to be in this show to be in this match she was mentioning how she got like a little bit of like a standing ovation and she didn't know that it was for her she had no idea yeah it was for yeah. Mercedes of course right she was thinking like oh my god it's not for me but it was for her and she was talking about how you know that really got a lot of people to kind of look at her so I feel like that's cool that this year we have not just this year obviously but we have had a lot of new discovery of women from other different parts of the world that are 
killing it as well. So uh, I'm very happy with the mentions that you gave. And also the other thing, when I was creating this thumbnail, I was like, I'm going to put Athena because I know for a fact, Kate's number one, <laughs> either her favorite wrestler or her favorite match is going to be Athena. Look, she was already my favorite. And then she gave me the number 690069 as her minion number. Like that just sealed the deal, of course. But it was also really cool because we've talked about it on here before, but just in general too, like Ring of Honor has never been a women's wrestling specific forward brand. And for them to main event and give that performance, couldn't have been happier with what happened for them in 2023. Awesome. All right. So let's go ahead and get into Vedas. Before we get into Vedas, just a, a quick heads up to everybody who sent Super Chats. As soon as uh, we wrap up our top three, I will get to those. So just a heads up. But Veda, take the floor. Okay. Uh, so let me... So this is not going to be in any particular order because I'm not good at ordering Veda, things. Veda, no. That's I, against I the rules. No, I, I can't do it. it. I did the same thing. I didn't I have an order. I just no, listed no, no. off. No, my top... So my top matches have already been taken. So the list is out the window. The <laughs> no, list is a mess. Veda, That's you fair. have to. You have okay. to give us a three, okay, okay, two, okay. one from your remaining list, from your remaining matches. <laughs> The look on her face right now is incredible. You're putting so much pressure on them. I, like, okay. like, like, there's, like there's a wrong way to do it. Like her well, face. So is it is. Crazy. It's tough now. So first of all, I think Charlotte versus Rhea probably was the best match. The best women's match for sure in WWE mm -hmm. all year. Uh, so that's gone. Uh, Willow and Athena, that's gone. Uh, okay. Check. So I have one. Okay. So I have caveats attached to this one. But... When I was looking at Impact and the Impact Knockouts, they did so much cool stuff. There were some really incredible, in particular, Knockouts Championship matches this year. Uh, Deanna had an incredible reign. We've had Trinity. But the match that I picked wasn't necessarily the best, but I think it's a favorite for a lot of people. Um, and it was from Impact 1000, the knockout, the 10 knockout match that they had, where they brought mm -hmm. back some knockouts of the past. It was um, Awesome Kong. Gail Kim came back. Mickey James, Jordan, Jordan was back. Uh, Trinity, well, jo before Jordan left, Trinity. And then, of course, we talked about Giselle, Savannah, Deanna, Tasha, and Angelina Love was back as well. And I feel like that was just the Impact 1000 shows were, like, just nice, uh, like, nostalgic tributes to everything that Impact has done. And now they're going back to being TNA. And I feel like that Impact 1000, that 10 knockouts match, especially, like, seeing Gail Kim back in the ring and the beautiful people were there, I feel like it was a nice, like... It was a nice little treat for everyone who loves the knockouts. But mm -hmm. the knockouts division had a ton of really great matches this year. That's the one I picked, though, because it had a little bit of everything. Like, literally had a little bit of everyone in it. Um, okay. <laughs> I actually like your number three pick because you're right. It did have a – it gave people, like, this nostalgia feeling. Yeah, and, and like, if, if you've maybe – I think there's some people who maybe haven't been watching Impact but remember, like, when – awesome Kong and Gil Kim were having those incredible matches and maybe this got them to check it out and then they'll see like what the knockouts are like now. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, I have uh, another WWE pick. Uh, well, technically I guess it's NXT, but uh, Tiffany and Becky from No Mercy mm -hmm. was an awesome match. Tiffany Stratton is someone who I think just has so is doing so great already but like has the potential to be like an all-timer 
like the way that we used to look at like say a charlotte flair with like the athleticism and the persona and the confidence that's how i see tiffany stratton and i just i feel like this was just another like we talked about becky and like the matches that she has had and has it been like her NXT time and and that. But I think this was just like a really incredible showcase and showed just like a lot of confidence in Tiffany and a lot of trust from Becky too. And it was just a really great match. Um, So that'll be my WWE pick. Um, This is the next one's your number one, Beta. It's not though. They all are. (laughs) I'm counting it as your number one in the butt. So my number one, my number one pick was Willow versus Athena from Death Before Dishonor, but that already got chosen. So let's go with. I love Veda's intensity so much. Because that's how I am. Okay. Okay. So uh, the Stardom Show All-Star Grand Queendom from last April was an incredible event. Top to bottom had some really, really great matches on it. Um, And there was a match between Tam and Julia that I think was really incredible. That's an important match. But that's not my pick. That's a great match. you got to check it out. you got to check it out. But it's not my pick. My pick... For my favorite match I think I saw this year, uh, and it has a personal connection, Mina Shirakawa finally beat... She finally won the Wonder of Stardom Championship. She by the way, I su- not, sorry, I did not do the thumbs down, by the way. I don't know why that happened. So I'm not thumbs down. Thumbs this down. Match. We hate Mina. I don't know why. Oh I don't God. know what you have. No. At Bernice, the Stardom slander. I was oh my like, God. this is bad timing for that to pop up. <laughs> All right, sorry, Beta. So Mina, Shir- Mina Shirakawa is someone that we've mentioned before. She beat Saya Kamatani in this match, which was so emotional. So Mina is a very emotional wrestler to begin with. She is someone that, like, tends to cry whether she wins or loses. She's always crying in her comments. She's just a very emotional wrestler. She's a very emotional person. And when I was spending a lot of time in Japan, uh, she's someone that, you know, I got to know. And she had just really started out um, with, at the time, Tokyo Joshi. Um, And she was looked at as someone who... People weren't really sure because like her background was in there was in fitness and in modeling and people and she was not necessarily like taking to wrestling right away, but she worked so hard like at training. She was working the hardest and eventually, you know, she moved on to stardom. She's, you know, in in club. She had Club Venus. She was teamed up with Mariah May, who we've seen recently on AEW, and she really just blossomed through, like, pure grit and determination. Like, she is someone who has become an incredible wrestler, and you can actually, like, watch her improve match to match. But this particular match was her first singles singles gold in stardom, and it came after she had been injured by her opponent, by Kamatani. It was an accident, but basically, uh, Saya is, like, someone who does a lot of high flying. She did a Phoenix Splash and, and pretty much just, like, landed on Mina's face, and her face, like, exploded. Mm-hmm. It was rough. It was rough, and, like, the, the visuals from from that match of of like the comments afterwards too of like Mina just like crying and there's blood everywhere and it was just like heartbreaking and this is like where Joshi Pro Wrestling is at its best because it's just so much emotion and like just so much just raw physicality and then they had this rematch for a championship and Mina kicks out of the Phoenix Splash, which, like, never happens and has never happened. And she kicks out, and that's like, oh, holy shit, something's happening here. And then she ends up winning the match. And, like, of course, like, obviously she's very emotional. But, like, it was just, to me, 
the just it really just encompasses like what I love about Joshi Pro Wrestling. And my favorite wrestlers aren't necessarily like the 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 ace. It's not necessarily like the top athlete, the one that's like picked for success out of the gate. It sometimes it's the person who like forms this connection between themselves and the fans and just works really hard and just it's just scrappy. And that's what Mina is. And that's why I think I have to pick that uh, over Tam and Julia, which was an incredible match on the same show. Mm-hmm. Another must see. But yeah, I'm going to go with that. But I have so many others and and everything that y'all <laughs> said was great, too. And um, yeah, I just really love pro wrestling. I can't pick three. Sorry. Well, that that was on my list because I figured right? that it was going to get taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's- so good. Saya Kamantani had an amazing reign as Wonder of Stardom champion. I think, rec- like, I think it has the record still for yeah. longest. I don't know how many days, but it's a lot. Yeah, she broke the record. <laughs> it was great. So I thought someone was going to choose Masha Slamovich versus Yamashita, which is why I didn't put it on my list. So but... they had, they had like, which which Yamashita? Uh, according Rina to or... the death match. Yes. So yes. I have that on my list. I didn't pick it because I I think I talked about it as like a top match of that month and i was like i really love it but it's a death match i don't know but then i was like oh but kate loves death matches too maybe she'll that. <laughs> that was another incredible one i love the chest that we all three of us have that played. was another incredible <laughs> one and they had and rena rena and masha had like two really great death matches this year that one that was the main event of cork and was incredible uh oh no now i'm gonna start naming more matches i'm done <laughs> I love that. I love that we both, like all four of us, know each other at this point and our what we like and what our styles are going into enjoying a match. Where it's like we're a little careful of like, okay, the Joshi one, Veda's also going to pick that one. Okay, the Ring of Honor, Kate, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. WWE and like, with Zinni. It's like we don't want to like yeah, burn yeah. a pick. It's so. And for this, I feel so mainstream. Wanna... Can I say I feel like top forty hits over here? <laughs> well, so but that's the thing that I also think that like I I keep that in mind. When when I'm making these picks is I, I don't, so I, I like, I watch the, the most wrestling, like it's a sickness. Um, but I call a ton of wrestling too. And sometimes I see matches that I want to call attention to, but are like, maybe not as accessible. So I, I kind of tried to narrow this one to like matches that people could hear us talk about and then easily go see. But if we want to talk about like independent picks, we'll be here all day. So <laughs> That is true because there's a lot of gems in the indie scene, like as local as you can possibly get or like even, you know, in your higher indies, like your GCWs and all of these different places. So you can really hit at at least these different marks. But those are the top three picks for uh, the best women's matches of 2023. Now, we got a couple of super chats that we want to get to here. Uh, First of all, thank you so much to anybody who sends these in. This one is from Dominus One, who says the top one match of the year was Ruby Willow versus uh, Tay and Jay. Um, That was an emotional roller coaster. So we good stuff with that. We talked about this, and Dom was there. We talked about this on the stream this morning because at first I couldn't remember if it was this year or right at the end of last year. It was at the very beginning of this year. It was like the second second ramp. It was like very, very close to the beginning of January. That was another one that was on my list. I feel like I need to keep a better track every month because by the time we get to these end of the year videos, I only remember like everything that happened after like April. (laughs) And like you swear Yes. But like you be- swear you liked a match and then you look and it's like, oh, wait, that was three years ago. What is time? <laughs> You're like, that yeah. was 2022. What the hell? Exactly. I like Mercedes debuted in 1842. Like, they right? were <laughs> so dense. 
That that was and it was halfway through the year. And to be fair, four or five months into the year, it's crazy how much and it's a blessing how saturated the scene is right now of like phenomenal wrestling. But it does make the recall process really, really hard. Of of what happened when there were so many huge moments that happened this year in wrestling too. So to look back on it and then to remember a match like that uh, that Dom pointed out was like. Oh my god, that was like this year? Cause even when I was going back like uh Hukarashita versus Jamie Hayter during that last dynamite, it was of last year. So I was like, well, I can't count that. It was a good match though. But it was there's so many fantastic moments that happen in wrestling, but also especially in women's wrestling this year, where it's just like, we ate. We yes. ate this year. Yes. We we <laughs> talked we talked about this when we were talking about it on the stream this morning too. Um there was an Emmy Soccer a Jamie Hader match that I swore was last year. It wasn't. It was like the first week of 2023. It was on Rampage. It was like a free TV match that was like honestly one of the best women's matches in AEW all year. I would have sworn up and down it was last year. Yeah. <laughs> it was this that. year. I... It counts. I agree. I agree. And even like Jamie Hayter was active earlier this year too. Right? Where it's just it like, feels like Whoa. she was gone the whole year. It feels yeah. like it, but no. Yeah. Uh, we got a very generous super chat here from Hunter Tillman. So oh, thank hi, you Hunter. so much, Hunter, okay. for that. That is very kind of you. He says, Hi, ladies. Hope everyone is well. Anyone can answer this, but going into this new year, what do you think AEW can improve a lot on in 2024? Some uh, same goes for WWE or whatever promotion you watch. Happy New Year. Um, All right. So for WWE, I'll give my answer is... um, I think that they need to work on better stories for the women. I think that the matches are great. They have stars, but the storytelling needs to be, I think, as as good as the men with what they have with the stories. And with AEW, it's simple. Make more stars with the women. More opportunities. Give these girls a chance to have more than one match on the card. That's where I'm at with uh, AEW. But uh, anybody else have anything that they want to add? I mean, pretty much the same. Like, it's... It's hard to get invested in anyone when, like, there's a chance you're not going to see them for a couple more months on TV. And and I think that that's... But, like, we watch Ring of Honor and, like, no, that's not on television. But, like, the women's division there is, like, just fire all the time. Mm -hmm. And any single one of those women could be on TV tomorrow and you wouldn't, like, blink an eye. So I don't know, like, and I I do agree with the what you said about stories in WWE because the wrestling in WWE has just there was a period of time where you would think that that would not be like the best place for women's wrestling, and it yeah. wasn't for for a long time for for many many reasons. But now that like the talent is there and like the matches are awesome, yeah, it would be neat to see like I don't know to just see the the women have like a little bit more to like chew on. If that makes sense, yeah. Just a just a little bit more depth to kind of like what's going on because I I definitely think that like there's so much potential to have like these huge characters in addition to the wrestling and that's what makes stars. Yes, I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, did anybody else have anything they wanted to add to this one, or you uh, think we got it all down? Yeah, no. I'll I'll say very specifically the use of Rhea Ripley. It, it has not been great. Like I I think using her. For, it's it's kind of turned around, I feel like, since Triple H has taken over. But most of her title reign, it's felt like she's been playing second fiddle to so many men's matches. And I just think the world of her as a talent. Um, so I think her title reign being something that picks up as we're going into WrestleMania season would be really refreshing. And in AEW, I think the stories and the booking have come a long way. It's just screen time. So 
whether that's women's tag belts, like it would be nice to get some multi-women belts going, whether that's in ROH and they float or whatever. Um, I, I really truly feel like we've seen much more logical booking coming from the women's side. It's, it's just a matter of screen time and the ratings are now there to back that up. We've seen Julia Hart's rating success. We saw um, the Thunder Rosa segment do really well. So now I think it's more of a battle of, of screen time. And I think you either need women's belts or you need to pay a lot of money for Mercedes because I think that's probably the biggest needle mover on the market. And it feels like that ship is kind of sailed a little bit. So it, it feels like just more breathing room for the ladies. Yeah. Yes. Need a mover. That's the one. Alex. I, I agree with everything everyone said, uh, especially with AEW, like there does need to be bigger stars. I would love to see uh, more TV time for them. And, you know, the talent is there. The quality is there. Um, but again, it's just like a little bit more investment in just having more time for people that we normally wouldn't see. Like, you know, again, like you saying, um, you know, having breaks of not seeing somebody for like two months and then they come back and it's like, wait, what happened to them? Wait, what's the story going into it? You know, um, especially last night, like I love the segment that happened last night with, uh, Tony and Rio and even Mariah May. Like, I want to see more of that, you know, like I want to see some more just, in-ring action in terms of just a promo off um besides like backstage segments and with wwe i absolutely agree i think the stories need to be a lot better like it's there but it's like they have the tools but they're missing the manual uh when it comes to storytelling in wwe and i absolutely agree with what kate was saying about rhea ripley because she's a very exciting talent i absolutely agree that she is you know it PWI's 250 list she is number one on there but there's just something about her title reign where it makes sense that she's very dominant and she's taking out a whole division but there's no depth as to the impact of her taking out an entire division and um it kind of just feels like she's keeping that belt warm and she's great uh in judgment day and she's great with what she's doing with the men but it's just like I want to see her do a little more, you know, sometimes it feels like she's like, oh yeah, I have a women's match. Let me go do like, go do laundry, go do this chore of like cleaning this up and doing a match here. Um, so I want to see a little bit more. Hopefully we get to see that, um, during WrestleMania, uh, weekend. Cause again, she had like the best match at WrestleMania. So yeah, I agree with all of you guys. Thank you so much, Hunter, for this generous super chat, as well as a really great question that inspired some good conversation. We got Taylor Cannon here who says, hey, ladies, hope all is well. Who are some women you'd like to see hold gold in 2024 from any promotion? Oh, that's a great question. If anybody has an answer, throw it out. I'm Uh, thinking for a second. (laughs) I want to see Isla Dawn and Alba Fire win the WWE Tag Championships. I think it's about time. I think they did a really great job in NXT. I think their characters are a little refreshing uh, going into the main roster. I would love to see them as champions, especially like a moment at WrestleMania, too. That'd be cute. And it it feels like the the tag titles are like kind of coming back into focus now. And like everything has been really like been story heavy, but like still involving that, like the matches are still important. And I, and I, I agree that like there, there's these periods of time that go by where like there aren't established teams, but now Mm. we have a bunch of established teams. And like, it just feels like for someone like, like Isla and, and Kaylee, like that's, they're an established team and like I would like to see the titles kind of stay amongst like teams that are like building building up some steam. Yes. 
Uh, do you have any, Kate? Uh, Willow, for sure. And I would say Ruby Soho in, in AEW as well. I would love to see that. In WWE, uh, I really think they've got to get Roxanne Perez back on track. And I, I think holding some NXT gold would be a great way to do that. Main roster-wise, I'm just a Shayna Baszler gal, whether it's tag gold with Zoe Stark or she gets some sort of inner, inner um, what's it called, transitional run uh, between champions. I, I just think the world of her as a performer, that's that's me thinking with my heart as much as anything. I just I just root for her and everything she's doing. And once Dakota Kai is healthy again, I think you you've got some good some good magic happening there as well too. I'm going to second you on that Willow one. I think that's a really good shout out. And just throw uh, for the TBS championship, I want to throw out um, Sky Blue's name because I think by the time we get to 2024, I think she's going to have a phenomenal year with that. Dave Park 14 sends in a super chat saying with the success of the Continental Classic Tournament, what 12 AEW wrestlers would you put in a women's tournament? So we got asked this question yesterday on the AEW post show. And I swear, I just started naming every single woman that AEW has. (laughs) at this point but i feel like of course your main ones would have to be uh you know jamie Hayter if she was all cleared uh tony storm Britt baker hikaru shida athena and i mean there's like kind of all pretty much all of their top girls because they only have like a they have like a somewhat slim roster i would say with the women uh any thoughts of somebody you'd absolutely have to see in that i mean Um, if it's if it's gonna be like a continental classic like in terms of like it's a wrestling tournament where there's you know no the same rules like it's very focused on the in-ring action trisha dora i think from ring of honor that would be a great way to introduce her she's she's been on AEW tv here and there but that would be a great way to do that i would love to see someone who you maybe wouldn't expect in that sort of environment like an abaddon and see what they can do in in an environment that's very like again just like very rules based um but yeah, I think I think someone like a Trisha Dora, who is very technically savvy, would really excel in that sort of situation. Yeah, she could be like the person that everyone has like a really good match against, you know, <laughs> that type of thing. You need those people for sure. She's already yeah, that sure. person on there the independence. So there you go. There you I go. Would, I would even throw in since she just graduated from TJPW and she is on the roster, Yuka Sakazaki. I would love to see her have. Just a great year in AEW going forward. But in the tournament, that would pretty that would rock. Oh, and not to interrupt, but like top matches of the year. If you want to cry, please go watch from Tokyo Joshi, uh, Yuka Sagazaki's graduation match. It was a three-way with her, Shoko Nakajima, and Miyu Yamashita, who were like kind of the core of Tokyo Joshi. Uh like I'm crying right now thinking about it. If you would like to cry, go watch that match. If you want to cry in general, go watch Joshi. Go Just watch. go watch TJPW, Stardom, the matches that Vader and I uh, mentioned. Just go cry your eyes out. You will cry. <laughs> they cried. I cried. We all cried. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying, what was one women's dream match you wish happened this year regardless of the promotion? Like, for example, I would have loved to see Rhea Ripley versus Julia. Oh, okay. Really I'm cool. going to throw out Becky Lynch, Deanna Perrazzo. Ooh. Just because I don't know why, but that sounds great to me. <laughs> hmm. Mickey James Hikarashida. Oh, that's another that's one. An interesting one. That's a good one. That's a good one. I. Masha Slamovich, Rhea Ripley. Sorry, I'm going to roll now. <laughs> no, I <laughs> good, love good, it. Good. <laughs> I would love, I've said this for a while. 
And I don't know if it, it's very bold. It's very much a dream scenario. I would love to see Natalia in a Japan run, like at Sendai Girls or even at Stardom TJPW. Like she's had history there. I would love to see her like just shine so bright over there in Japan. Very much a dream scenario, but oh man, that'd be so cool. Hey, that's why it's a dream match, dream match, dream scenario. You answered <laughs> yeah. the question. Uh, Veda, Kate, any other options? Although, um, um, go ahead. Mercedes versus Athena is is a dream one for me, and I'll uh, one that might be under the radar would be I think Ivy Nile versus Legit Layla would be a really really, really Ooh, fun yeah. one. I think when you were talking about like a women's C two, Layla came into my head as someone that might be really really fun in that. But I think Ivy Nile, I always call Layla Hurst like little lady Taz. And uh, I feel like Ivy <laughs> Nile has some of that in her too. And I just think it'd be really, really fun to to watch them go at it. I would also um, definitely, definitely throw like, gosh, I think there's so many possibilities for Tiffany Stratton. I, I think like Tiffany Stratton versus a Britt Baker would be a really fun one. Like some just like big personalities kind of in there, but. Um, Rhea Ripley versus Chris Statlander is what I'll round it out with too. I think that would Jordan be Grace and Charlotte, Jordan Ooh. Grace and Rhea, oh, Jordan man. Grace and Becky. Okay, that's it. Just Jordan Grace, Jordan, oh, Grace. Jordan and- Grace and Jade Cargill. Dude, yeah, I, I also I also have a Chris Stat pick. Um, and I I would love to see Chris Statlander versus Io Sky. It's a match that like mm. those two have like never crossed paths. They've never like Io. I believe was already. Signed when Chris started wrestling. Like they've never had interactions. I don't know. I feel like that would be something. <laughs> but how about Natalia? Like, we're talking about like the best of the year. And I feel like it's so easy to overlook Natalia because she is so good at her job. Like, she is such a backbone. And that's part of the reason why maybe she does get overlooked. But like exactly yeah. what you said, Alex, is right. Like, she is someone who is just such a like such a strong staple of any women's division that she's in. Really just at women's wrestling in general. I mean, think about how many, how much talent has gone to her and trained with her mm-hmm. from Killer Kelly to Miyu Yamashita, now current, uh, recently Billy Starks. Like she's a tremendous uh, asset to just professional wrestling as a whole. I mean, she definitely comes from a famous family, but her career I feel is, you know, sure there's all the, the, weird horrible storylines that she was involved in back in the day but i think now like she's really elevated younger talent like her working with uh tegan knox and again like her just training so many different people uh especially with tj but she's she's someone that like i don't use this very often but like she deserves her flowers you know yeah (laughs) no but it's true how about this one what about christette versus beth phoenix Ooh, Ooh. nice powerhouse. Yeah, let's put Beth back in the mix on some fun fun stuff there. Man, oh, this is a really great uh, question, Sheldon. You got us out here, fantasy booking. It's great. Thank you so much for the super chat. We got Chloe Adams here who says Ruby Soho needs to be treated better in AEW. Thank you so much to Chloe Adams. Dave Park 14 says, saddest moment in women's wrestling 2023. Okay, I'm going to mess these names up. So, Alex, I'm going to have you finish this one up because I don't want to fuck it up. <laughs> Saki Aka, uh, Saki Shiyama retirement uh, from uh, TJPW. She was also involved in uh, DDT as well. 
And then she also has, uh, sorry, Day Park also asked, anybody have a favorite memory of her career and dream match she could have had? I don't know that much uh, about about her, so I'm a little bit out of the loop we'll, on this we'll one. I have one. I have one. Yeah. Uh, so she had a match. She's had many incredible matches. Uh, she had a match with Chris Brooks. She had two matches with Chris Brooks, but she had a match with Chris Brooks um, a year ago, I want to say. That mm-hmm. was like... Even though she was almost a decade into her career, there were still, like, she was always, like, overlooked as a wrestler because she was, you know, like, a model. And she, like, was very fashionable. And that's kind of what her other gimmick that may or may not have been her were, like, we're supposed... She had another... She has another character that she plays sometimes. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> she was, like... She was such a workhorse for almost a decade. She was the only, like full-time female member of the DDT roster, which is incredible when you think about it. Um, but yeah, like I, uh, and also as a person, she's just lovely. And I uh, cried at her retirement also. So much crying on this. I don't I cry. Know. Here's the Listen. thing. I have no human emotions um, <laughs> in day to day, but, but like when it comes sometimes to wrestling, oh baby, I'm crying. No <laughs> wrestling, crying, wrestling. I'm crying. Wrestling will do that. Wrestling will I cried more uh, on commentary with Willow and Mercedes. I was on commentary and like knew that the match like didn't exactly like like Mercedes had gotten hurt and like Willow like I couldn't even imagine what she was. Do- I cried. I cried calling that match. So course, you know yeah. what? I like it that you're in touch with your feelings, Veda, because I cannot. I will not cry. Like you only will not for ever wrestling. See me cry. Only for pro wrestling. I don't have human emotions. For no, me. Oh, I will not. I cannot. <laughs> to me, it's like, I feel like I'm showing too much weakness. No, got to be strong. <laughs> oh, no. I cry every week at therapy. So uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> and wrestling always makes me cry. So I cry almost every day. Uh, but yeah, what I would. The two that don't watch as much Joshi are the ones that aren't crying. And the two that watch Joshi are the ones that are crying. I think we found what the link You'll is. cry. You'll <laughs> cry. Crying stream. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Saki has been been amazing, uh, especially with her group, uh, Neo uh, Bush, Bishu. Gosh, how do you pronounce it? Bishigun Gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she's been amazing with that. Her entrances are so camp. Um, a dream match that I would like to see her in, uh, really just for the legs. Uh, <laughs> Her versus like Stacy Keebler, <laughs> just legs. legs for days. Yeah. Yes. 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 I always, when I was a kid, I always wanted to grow up and be as tall as Stacy Keebler. I think I'm like half her size, maybe less. <laughs> How many Denise's do you need? Yeah, I'm that's five like feet, her. bro. You're five, five feet exactly. Five feet exactly. I'm only taller than Kayla Braxton and Zelina Vega. <laughs> That's it. Not taller than anybody else. And let me tell you, I hate it. Well, I, I, I hate it. And I wish that, I was like there's a that, cute. It's cute. good no, for like interviewing. No. It's good no. for interviewing. No, I, I was going to say. You know, I was it ruins say. my self-esteem. Do you know what it's like? I remember one time I interviewed Erin uh, Andrews. And she is tall. And mm. when I stood next to her, I went and told my husband, I did not feel like a woman next to her. I felt like a freaking child. Like a five-year-old child next to this tall, voluptuous woman. And I'm just there like, oh, yeah, I feel super lame right now. I feel Amazonian whenever I stand next to anybody. So. <laughs> <laughs> the grass is greener on the other side, right? 
<laughs> I was gonna say there's that really great photo of you and Omas. Like yes. you're like looking up as you're Dude. interviewing him. <laughs> I was like, what is up going up in there? You know you what pisses me off? Yeah, it was like you know what pisses me off? When I was a little girl, I told my mom, mom, can you put me in gymnastics? And she said, no, Denise, because you're going to grow up to be short. And now I'm short with no talent. You are so talented. You okay, are so you know what I mean? No, way, oh, I'm sorry. No talent on my uh, YouTube channel that has 100,000 oh. subscribers. Yeah, okay, but uh, if, we, if we asked you to like do a flip right now, I can't. thanks to I your can't mom, do... you couldn't do it. Thank you. I can't do a front flip, a back flip. I could do one cartwheel and it's a half-ass cartwheel. So yeah, thanks, mom. <laughs> You could have been the Simone Biles of our generation. You never know. <laughs> Meet Norman says, Ola, Denise, um, uh, Alex, and Veda, and Minion690069. My MVPs by promotion are Athena, Ring of Honor, Becky, WWE, Timeless, Tony, AEW, and Deanna, TNA. I'd love to see Mercedes in AEW for new matches. Watch for the shoe. So while we're here with Meet Normus, let's go ahead and round it up. Let's pick our oh, yeah. top favorite. I've completed and narrowed it down to number one, Veda. One, your top favorite female in wrestling this year. Okay, I'm sorry. I have to do this, Kate. It's got to be Athena. She <laughs> carried the entire ROH women's... No, the entire company... Like, she's, like, the reason to tune into ROH. Not that everyone else isn't great, but, like, clearly, like, she has made the investment. Um, she's incredible. I hope to see her more on television soon. Also, we were the maids of honor in each other's wedding, so I have to pick her. I'm sorry. I love that. Oh, I, I, love that. I have to pick her. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're going to pull who's the next? maid of honor card? Like, that's just so <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> she's my maid of honor. Maid of honor card. I mean, Minion 690069 is pretty cool, but maid of honor. I'm sorry. Come on, um, but, Kate, let's go with you. Oh, so now you steal my number one, and I don't even get time to think. Thank you. I can, um, go ahead. You know what? I'm going to go with, despite the, the back half of the year booking not being very strong, I'm, I'm going to go with Willow then in that case because uh, her New Japan Strong title run was great. The Owen was great. We really saw her blossom from uh, she's the next big thing star in 2022 to I think this year people realizing once the timing is right, she's going to definitely be a force to, to be reckoned with as a champion. And it, it's just been a pleasure getting to see what I think a lot of us that followed the independence saw in her for so long, people really, really started to connect to that. So I'm going to go with Willow, you sneaky little stealer, Miss Veda. <laughs> so Willow would have been up there too. Mm -hmm. Maid of honor. How can I compete? I'm sorry. <laughs> Kate, who's next? Uh, I'm going to throw it over to you, Miss Denise. I knew it. I knew it. I'm always <laughs> trying to get the host. Um, this one was hard for me because I was torn between two people in WWE and then I had an AEW pick. Mm. So I'm going to have to go with Becky Lynch because I feel that she, even though she didn't have like as big of a year in terms of becoming like Rhea Ripley, for Rhea Ripley, this was her year of becoming a star. However, on the in-ring side of things, we just didn't get enough matches, okay? But she still became like, a. it was a big year for her. Um, Becky Lynch, and then my other pick was supposed to be Hikaru Shida. So I feel like Becky Lynch kind of encompasses what both Rhea Ripley and Hikaru Shida encompass, where she's got the 
the star, the presence, the superstardom like Rhea, but she had the in-ring like Hikaru Shida. So I feel like Becky Lynch is kind of a mixture of what I want in like what we saw. Uh, Becky did a phenomenal job. I mentioned earlier the work that she did with NXT. You mentioned earlier her match with Trish Stratus, her feud with Trish Stratus. And I know that, or rather, I hope that we're going into WrestleMania 40 and with this big program with her and Rhea Ripley. So I'm like really ready to get there. But I just think Becky Lynch just has found so many ways to really just stay consistent and keep being Becky Lynch and what makes her stand out and be special amongst some of the other girls. So that's why I got to go with Becky Lynch. Um, all right, Alex. Becky was on my list, but she was not number one. Uh, number one for me was Julia. It was Julia. I mean, she's number two in the PWI Women's uh, 250 for a reason. She has taken the wrestling world by storm this year. She started the year as World of Stardom champion, and then she just continues to put on bangers this year um, from, like, the All-Star Grand Queendom, uh, winning the New Japan Women's Strong Championship, one-third of the uh, Artists of Stardom Championship, and even like Kate had mentioned before like competing in Impact and I think that was the moment when she appeared in Impact where you know she she moved a lot of tickets and she moved a lot of sales in terms of streaming but Julia I think her, the exposure with her in Impact and even in the New Japan Strong uh, brand has really elevated her and exposed her a little bit more in the West and I think it's a great year for Julia and I can't wait to see uh, what happens next year and I'm very that I asked the Julia question in the WWE press conference at Survivor Series because it was different. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I am. I am. People it was my first press conference about too. It. People are talking about her. And yes, you bringing her up in the press conference was a big part of that because now all of a sudden, for those that maybe weren't thinking about it, all of a sudden you got this idea of you're associating more so Julia with the possibility of going to WWE. So yeah. we'll see. Oliver, It Drake was my first press conference and my first question. So I was like, ooh. But then You're my like phone the was blowing on. up. Yeah, yeah so, you know, so yeah. Triple H too is not knowing what Joe Steven was. So I get tagged in that every every week now. I love sure. it. I love that. Oliver Drake says Riho versus Emerson at North next week will be a banger. Thank you so much to Oliver Drake for that. I will Juan be Ortega. there. I'll be calling that match live. Ooh. See you there, Oliver. <laughs> Juan Ortega says all great top three matches I'd love to know from the panel what are your hidden gems honorable mentions that did not make your top three of 2023 from any wrestling promotion Ooh, that's a good one that's a really I know Veda you got all of these other names that you didn't get chance yeah. to mention so we talked a little bit about Masha Slamovich and her uh, you know her match at Corken Hall versus Rina Yamashita but I want to just highlight Masha for a second in general um she was like my number 2 pick for best having the best year um because Masha is someone who she, if you look at like the amount of matches she's had this year, it's in like the top five or six of like all wrestlers. Um, she's someone who consistently is wrestling multiple times a weekend on the independence. In addition to being signed with Impact, she's a Knockouts Tag Champion. She also started off the year and spent the first half of the year 
as the GCW world champion, which like might not seem at like that big of a deal, but was a huge deal. She's someone who went on to have these amazing matches. She had a match uh, against uh, someone I'm kind of familiar with. Speedball Mike Bailey was one of my favorites. <laughs> kind of. Well, <laughs> kind of familiar with. They, they had a match. They had a, a GCW championship match in Toronto <laughs> that is one of my absolute favorite matches of the entire year. Like they literally took the ring apart and the match ended with Masha choking out Mike while they were hanging. Like Mike was hanging through a hole in the ring and she like choked him out. It was Masha is someone who as good as she is now is still getting better and better. And like, is, is like still kind of like youngish to the game. Uh, I feel like in five years, the way that we talk about someone like Aria Ripley, that's how we're going to be talking about Masha Slamovich. Like that is, she doesn't have a ceiling to me at this point. She's proven she can do it all. So it's less like hidden gems in terms of matches and more like everything Masha Slamovich did this year was awesome. Yes, I, I love Masha, so I want to make sure to give her a shout out. Um, Mine, and oh my God, I'm blanking on which pay-per-view it was, but it was the triple threat with Charlotte, Bianca, and Asuka. I remember really digging that match, so that's definitely one that I would have put on my list there for another match that I definitely loved. Yeah, yeah, that one is a good one too. Um, I would, I think I, I definitely would bring up Suzu Suzuki from Stardom. Uh, I think she had a really great year. I think she stepped up this year. Um, and I think with the match that she had at the five-star Grand Prix in which she won the tournament against Micah, I think she really cemented her role in the Stardom roster. She left Prominence, was a fa- which is a faction that she was in earlier this year in April. And tonight is going to be Dream Queendom, which is Stardom's last uh, pay-per-view of the year. And she's main eventing against Micah uh, for the vacant world of Stardom Championship. I think whether or not Suzuki uh, um, or Suzu Suzuki wins or loses tonight, I think next year this is going to set her up to have a really great 2024. All righty. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I didn't know, Kate, did you want to add something to this one by any chance? Um, I'll just add Trinity versus Deanna. Didn't get brought up. And I think that was a, mm-hmm. a really great match. And I'll also add, I know it's going to sound like a broken record with me, but I think a lot of people slept on Athena versus Kira Hogan, which was a really fun street fight. And I think mm-hmm. did a lot for Kira Hogan as far as um, putting her back on people's radars a little bit. That match was a blast. That Chicago street fight was was really fun. But uh, Trinity's name hasn't come up enough in this conversation, probably for how much great work she's done at, at Impact. I think uh, her sure. and Diana had a, had a blast at that one. She had a well, really and, good year, and I, I think Trinity too is someone that we need to talk about in terms of someone who like was in WWE for her entire career. Like she was up there, and then showed that like there's a future a really good future, a really exciting future that can happen outside of WWE. And it doesn't necessarily have to be immediately go to AEW. I would love to see Trinity like do a a stardom tour, for example. Um, And she's just someone who like the way that she has, you know, the way that she has just become part of the impact family and part of the knockouts family. I just think really just 
should be a message to everyone out there that like there's there's more to do than like your your life is not over your career is not over unless you want it to be there's plenty of people who like <laughs> spend their time in WWE and they're like okay I don't want to be a wrestler anymore like that's fine too but if you still want to like there are options out there and you can have some really just fulfilling moments and like Trinity is having matches that we never got to see her have before so yeah, yeah. I think that she's just like someone to look to if like you know, releases or whatever are happening. Like, there's there's a lot out there. Yeah. Yes, I would also I agree. add to that that, like, when she was, I mean, she was in, like, the Divas era, right? Where, mm -hmm. like, you know, that's wasn't much happening in terms of quality in those matches, some of them. But she was definitely considered the most athletic within that division, within that era. And I feel like she was just getting started when she was having those matches against Charlotte Flair on SmackDown. And then she was doing a great job with uh, Mercedes Sasha as a tag team. But again, it's going back to like knowing your worth and banking on your value. And she did that this year. And I would agree that like you don't always have to go to AEW. You know, you also don't always have to end up in WWE. There's a market, there's a huge market now for professional wrestling and how you could make it anywhere. So yeah, she's a great example of that. Chloe Adams says, whatever happened to underrated Tamina? I don't know what Tamina's been up to as of late. Anybody I know? She, no. I think her contract ran out and she uh, retired actually. So I think she called it a career, um, mm. but she, she was never the most for me in the ring, but she was extremely well regarded backstage and was a great advocate for WWE and the brand. And um, I know a, a lot of people really, really love and respect her within the wrestling mm -hmm. scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, she uh, like uh, as a as a person, she's like the important best. to a lot of people, and yeah. that's 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 good too. That's sometimes more important than like, I would argue being oftentimes. the best wrestler. Honestly, yeah, there's a sisterhood when it comes to Tamina. Like she showed up for Mercedes with her first match in New Japan. She showed up for Trinity when she debuted in Impact. I mean, she even showed up for Dakota uh at wrestlemania backstage when they uh i think tamina gave dakota a lay which is like a part of the samoan culture so like she showed up and i think that's equally just as important to have that kind of that chemistry mm -hmm. and that bond and the support women supporting each other we love it <laughs> Sheldon Jackson says another dream match I wish happened was Bianca versus Jade versus Grace versus Statlander. Oh, that's a whole lot of that. That would be good. That would be phenomenal. Uh, thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for that dream match. Uh, we kind of ran through some of our own earlier in the pod. Before we wrap things up, there was one question that I had kind of giving you guys time to think, and it was best gear. Who had the best gear? Uh, I'm going to start things off. I'm going to go with Chelsea Green. The tutu, oh. the big flowy tutu oh, with the cute yeah. little hat and then all her additional little outfits that she had throughout the year. Phenomenal. Alex, what was yours? I am very, very biased with this, but it is uh, Zelina Vega's outfit from WWE Backlash with the Puerto Rican flag. I am Puerto Rican. I am a New York kid as well. So I know that she felt that emotion when the Puerto Rican crowd was fully behind her. There sometimes can be a disconnect when within your like culture, within your ethnicity, when you're not directly from the island. Um, and I think a lot of people that are born and raised in New York and that are Puerto Rican and even Dominican as well that kind of feel that way. And so for her to just kind of like bask in that and for the crowd to just take her all in, and especially with that, like the big old robe, like, oh my God, if there was an action figure that came out with that, I will buy three. 
oh, they need to do that. You're, yes. you're yeah. on to something. Oh they even, definitely need to do or that. Or even like a Barbie doll. Oh my God, I would That would die. be so cute. That would be super <laughs> freaking cute. Uh, Kate, what is yours? Uh, I will say just Mercedes in general, the, the Hannah Kimura tribute gear, always the Eddie Guerrero gear. When she showed up for her, her debut and she had her hair done so awesome with the... Um, I, I just think that she always brings that look. And when she was presenting a new character with Mercedes Monet a little bit of graduating from the boss to the CEO, I, I think the gear backing it up was a, a really cool piece of it. So I'll go with Mercedes this year. Veda. So I feel like I didn't pay enough attention to this, but <laughs> I will say I always really enjoy um, Hikaru Shida and the way that she she designed she makes her own a gear. lot of yeah. her gear yeah. yeah and so she like there's a lot of thought put into it it's usually like has something to do like with the match or with like a particular character it's kind of like got a cosplay edge to it and i don't know i feel like that is something that has always made sheeta even even back before there was an aew something that has always made her stand out is like her gear was very personal to her so i'm gonna go with sheeta that's Honorable. a really good shout out Honorable mention to Chris Statlander and all of her Zootlander looks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so iconic. And then Ben Stiller gave her a shout out, too. That was so cool. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's real freaking cool. In um, the year 2023, we're doing Zoolander gear. And it was yeah. amazing. Love it. Let's go. <laughs> all righty, everyone. So two things before we wrap up. The first thing is tomorrow I will be back at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time uh, live with Will. Washington. We're going to be talking about World's End, so make sure you guys tune in for that. It's a bonus podcast. And then after AW World's End, I will be live with Righteous Reg to uh, break down the show. Also, the other thing is that this women's podcast has been going on now. I think this is our third month that we've done it. If you guys want to see this continue for 2024, let me know in the comments. Tweet me. Uh, I want to hear from you guys, and let's see if we continue doing this because I really want to. So let me know in the comments. Uh, on top of that, we got another super chat here from Juan Ortega who says, not a question. I just want to say, Sugabon Miami debut. What a night. The four-way match. That was incredible. OMG moment of 2023. Uh, thank you so much for bringing that up, Juan Ortega. I know that was something that, uh, you know, is giving people another opportunity to get to see this woman, these women wrestle. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what else they continue to do. Thank you so much to Juan. Um, alrighty. I want to give each and every single one of my panelists an opportunity to promote themselves. So let's take it. Let's start things off with Kate. Thank you so much, Denise. I love getting to do this. Um, it's always such a refreshing reminder of how great we have had of a year in 2023 for women's wrestling. But you can find me at Miss Kate Fabe on social media, including YouTube. I had an interview with the incredible Rocky Romero drop today at one o'clock eastern please 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 check it out it's part of my wrestling everywhere series which takes a global look at wrestling next week is my australia episode i'm so excited to put that out because there's a lot of great talent that are not on your radar and a lot of different challenges that australian wrestling represents that uh we don't really think about here in the states so that series is my pride and joy at the moment please 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 check it out and subscribe to my youtube channel other than that you can catch me on fightful select every monday on the main channel every tuesday thursday and friday with nxt roh and uh smackdown post shows and wednesdays at the mark order podcast talking all things all elite all right queen of the ring alex 
Hello. Uh, thank you so much again, uh, Denise, for setting up this podcast every month. It's definitely one of my favorite projects that I have been included in this year. So thank you. It's been so great. Um, where you can find me over on Twitter, Queen of the Ring with two G's. You can follow uh, and watch me on twitch.tv slash Queen of the Ring. Uh, and uh, also subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, Queen of the Ring Wrestling. That's where you can find me there. Uh, and I just put out a best top 10 best wrestling gears of 2023 uh so you can go check that out and more fun videos to come and that's where you can find me all right veda hello uh i'm veda scott you can find me at it's veda time uh, on twitter uh and i kind of link everything off of there i have a youtube channel as well i have you know a bunch of other websites you can check them out uh i'm a commentator mostly so uh listen to wrestling <laughs> and maybe you'll hear me uh this weekend i uh i'm gonna be uh doing there's three two three two shows for game changer wrestling and one for jcw sort of our end of the year wrap up from atlantic city we i think we're going to be going until midnight on new year's eve so hopefully i get to call the first match of 2024 uh but yeah i am so pumped to be part of this i have the best time and alex i have to check out your best gear of 2023 because like i said i wasn't paying enough attention and now i'm excited yes you should there are some great great picks there so yeah check it out <laughs> all right you guys we got one final question here and this is from darren walker who says just join now any predictions for 2024 um all right i got two diana Prazo to wwe sasha uh, mercedes monet to aew those are my two predictions uh any additional strong predictions that anybody here has and i haven't reversed with mercedes i thought mercedes going to wwe for sure but um yeah, that's I I would love to see her in AEW for the fresh matchups, but I think Deanna actually I reverse both of yours. I feel like she might be going to the ROH AEW side, but they're gonna kick ass wherever they go. So looking forward to it regardless. Any predictions, Veda or Alex? I don't know if it's a specific prediction, but they've introduced the well, they've introduced the concept of least of this ROH Women's Television Championship, and that's a project that I'm really excited for 2024. I have like mm -hmm. high hopes that, uh, you know, is it going to be a tournament? Is it going to be like, I don't know. I just it feels it feels very exciting, and it feels like something that people in Ring of Honor are excited about. So I got my eye on that. I would predict in 2024, it will be the year of Jade Cargill, uh, whether she wins a championship or not. I think it's going to be a great year for her in WWE. And also another prediction uh, that we continue this lovely podcast and we have other amazing episodes in 2024. Yay! I love that. <laughs> there was also one super chat that I missed earlier. So apologies to Jason PS3, who says, I may be late, but Bianca Belair versus mm -hmm. Io Sky at Backlash was a good match i always yeah. i keep forgetting that that was this year for some reason uh we were talking about that earlier but that match was definitely crazy also because of the way that people were so invested in it so thank you so much to jason for also shouting out this match all righty everybody thank you so freaking much check out the interview that i just posted with mansoor there's going to be another one going up immediately after this podcast so we'll catch you guys next time thank you everybody bye